Well, good morning, everybody. Happy morning. Mother's Day to everybody that's in the room, and especially uh, the moms and grandmas and all the women who uh, do the amazing uh, uh, just growth and the things that all of us need to keep us uh, under control, really, is what I'm trying to say. Uh, for all the women that help us to grow and lead us and teach us, we are so grateful and we're so happy uh, for those of you that are able to be here with us. And for those of you that are uh, online with us today, uh, good Good morning to everybody, uh, whether you're here with us right now on Facebook, uh, ccmonline.org, uh, or you're listening to the podcast later on, uh, how glad we are that you're celebrating Mother's Day with us. Uh, and we just want to remind you, uh, or maybe if this is your first time uh, being online with us, we'll be receiving communion towards the end of service. Uh, and so uh, maybe take a moment to go onto the kitchen and get some bread and some juices and crackers or whatever you have uh, to receive communion with us. So uh, how happy we are to see you all today. So we want to welcome you to today. This is a continuation of the Easter Tide series where we're looking at people who have experienced the resurrection power of Jesus after Easter heading into Pentecost. And it's a, it's a really wonderful Excuse time. Me. Excuse me. Yes. These are Bonnie's. Okay. So make sure you give them back. You actually took mine as well. <laughs> so we don't know where any of them are. Oh, look. Oh, and you have a pair too? Look at this. There is just, look, see, it's the multiplication of the loaves and the fishes. All you have to you do is ask. Well. Okay, thank you. <laughs> don't laugh, you young people. It might happen to you. So the mother heart of God, and that might sound very strange to you that God has a mother's heart, but if we really believe the scripture in Genesis 126, God said, let us make humankind in our image, in our image, right, according to our likeness. And so we know we have a Trinitarian faith that says that God, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit said, we're making human beings in the image of them we were created. And so this morning we have the beauty of watching, you know, moms and dads and grandparents and, and aunts and uncles and brothers and sisters who take on the responsibility to be the image of love for children, to actually reflect the heart of God, to reflect the mother heart, the father heart of God. And I love that Jesus just is always messing with us, don't you? This is so good. This is one of my favorite scriptures. Now, it's not in the lectionary. Uh, it's not there. But we really felt like we just, you know, Jesus was just fine with us doing this. Because one of the things that you'll find is Jesus is always saying, oh, yeah, you expected that. Let me tell you this. You've heard it said, let me say this. So here is Luke 13, 31, 32, and verse 34. God, may the words of our mouth and the meditations of our heart as we reflect on scripture today be empowering and miracle-working, even as in the days of Jesus. At that very hour, some Pharisees came and said to Jesus, Get away from here, for Herod wants to kill you. And he, being Jesus, said to them, Go tell that fox for me. Go ahead, tell somebody. Go tell that fox for me. This is so much fun. Like, Herod is the power and the authority, and he is the one who marginalizes and punitizes and, 
and really kills. He is, he is not Herod the Great, but Herod Antipas. Herod Antipas was the one who had John the Baptist beheaded. And Herod the Great, his father, was the one who tried to kill all the children when Jesus was born, you remember? And so Jesus is just not chicken, even though he's about to talk about chickens. He says, you go tell that fox. Now, you may or may not know this, but calling someone a fox in that day and age was, re- it was an unclean kind of experience. So Jesus is basically saying something about Herod Antipas for killing John the Baptist because blood was it on his hands. And so he says, you go tell that fox for me. Listen. I'm casting out demons and performing cures today and tomorrow, and on the third day, I'll finish my work. Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the city that kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to it. How often have I desired to gather your children together as a hen gathers her brood under her wings, and yet you were not willing Jesus is calling himself a chicken, and a female chicken at that, standing in the face of a fox. And I don't know what images come to you with a fox and a chicken. You know, maybe you think about Aesop's fable, or you saw that little book, the bo- you know, the fox and the hen. But there might be an image here, and I love how this particular hen is facing down this particular fox. Now, if you know anything about foxes, uh, I think that's the proper term, if you know anything about the foxy ones, they, they really do, even if they can't eat all the chickens, when they go in to get chickens, they'll kill them all and bury some for later. So foxes really have this adversarial relationship with chickens. And Jesus is saying, I want to gather you like a mother hen gathers the chicks under the wings. I'm not going to fight fire with fire. I'm not going to fight the devil with the devil. I'm not going to fight the fox with the fox, evil with evil, right? I'm going to turn the whole world upside down and start to name the most vulnerable among us and say, I'm with them. Can you guys just give me an amen? When Jesus says, I'm going to be with the most vulnerable and say, I'm with them and they belong to me, right? And I'll die for them. I, they are, they're, they're here. I got their back. Amen? It's so good. Jesus uses the word that fox as an indictment about this conniving Herod and that he was not afraid to keep doing the work of God, loving, forgiving, accepting, bringing in those, the, those that were the them. He brought them in and made them us under the wings. Pretty cool. Pretty cool. You got to know it, right? This is our Jesus. So how often I desired to gather your children together as a hen gathers her wings, gathers her brood under her wings. In the Eastertide series, I'm thinking, you know, we are Easter people in a fallen Babylon world. That's what my professor, Dr. Robert Mulholland, used to say. We are Easter people in a broken Babylon, a fallen Babylon world. And I think, you know, it's interesting that in all of the readings and writings, we don't many times hear too much about the female heart of God. And yet, in Genesis, before sin entered the world, it was all about us. 
I, we want to make them in our own image. And in our image, we created them. Reverend Will Gaffney, who is professor of Hebrew at Brita Divinity School, said, where are the women? The long-standing practice of the church is to read through Acts during Eastertide to follow the development of the people of the way, which is what the church was called at that time, into what will become of the church. Given that the Gospel of Luke and Acts are presented as having been written by the same hand, it is striking how many women and girls there are in Luke and how few in Acts. Maybe we need a miracle greater than the resurrection for equity in the church. You can say amen again. And then we also take note that the world in which these texts were penned and preserved was one in which the tensions between the Jewish followers of Jesus and the rest of the Jewish community were tense and sharpening. Nevertheless, Peter's rhetoric to the Jewish kin, you killed him in Acts, is read in this world where it has been used to justify horrific violence against Jewish people. Everybody say, boy, it takes us a long time to get it. We have not inherited a perfect church. Can you say amen about that? We have not inherited a completed church. The church is moving toward its completion. While we wait for Jesus, the work of perfecting the church falls to us. Can we all say us? Yes, it does, with the help of the Holy Spirit. Oh, God, we need your help. Oh, how we need your help, and I'm asking even now for your help. In my world, we are the rest of the story, the Acts 29 people. Acts only goes to 28, telling us about that first church, but here we are, friends. We are the offspring of that first church. We are them, the women, the men, the children, the brothers, the sisters, no matter what your socioeconomic or gender or Uh, or race, or class, or preferences. I'm telling you, you are the children of God. And I want to say, all of us are the children of God. And we've taken a long time to come to know what we know now, but guess what? You don't know what you'll know tomorrow, because the Holy Spirit is ever living to make intercession. You know, Jesus at the right hand of the Father, ever living to make intercession. Anyway, I can't talk long today, because I have a bunch of friends coming up. But boy, could I preach on this. In fact, Scott said you need to write a big, long article on that and send it out to everybody you know. Because he got my 42 pages of notes. And okay, anyway, everybody pray for Scott. He gets the long version. But these are my people. These are the people that have mothered me. These are the people that have had my back. These are the people that have helped form me and are continuing to help form. And the mother heart of God is seen in the women that I'm about to bring up. And I want to invite Shannon Tiernan to come on up first. And Shannon, this fabulous human being that you may or may not know, I know. I know what she does for other people's children and not just her own. I know the work that she's done to raise funds. I know know the work she's done in education when you were at Olivet College before you came to the Marshall Community Foundation. And maybe the best thing I know about you are the two young women that, um, I mean, that's not the best thing about you, but it is a really fabulous part of you. So, you know, Shannon, you have been willing to be a mother heart and uh, to all of us today to talk to us about maybe teen women 
may be experiencing life as a mom in this stage of life. So, yeah, um, along those lines, it's actually a, a hybrid of both um, mothering girls and helping them to succeed as, as well. Um, I, I'd like to start that I don't want to give anybody the impression that I am um, good at mothering. Um, I will say that I try really hard, and that's got to count for something, right? There, there's days when, you know, you get to the end and you're like, oh, dear God, I just hope I do better tomorrow. Um, my girls will testify to that. But, uh, you know, I, we, J.D. and I, we, we sure try hard, and um, we, we love the best we can with all we have, um, especially these two girls who more often than not make it easy to love them. Um, when Pastor Claire asked me this week to say a few words um, about what I've learned about God, faith, hope, and love, um, you know, I, I, it, it made me very reflective. Um, I have a senior in high school. Uh, she's a few short days um, walking away, uh, walking toward uh, a future for her, and I have a seventh grader who the world is still your stage, girl. You have a whole life ahead of you. Um, so it made me quite reflective. And then you had to go and do baby dedications, right? So I, I, I'll tell you, one day you're walking through the doors with your baby in a car seat, and the next day you're planning an open house, and it happens just like that. When you're living through it, the days can seem really long, uh, but the years are super short. Um, you're, you know, picking roommates and colleges and making all these decisions, and it's, it's, a, it's a big season of, of life. But, you know, there are, there are days when um, faith, your faith, right? I'm going to talk about faith for a second, because it takes a lot of faith to raise children, um, especially today. Uh, um, there are days when my faith can feel like a really tangible thing. And there's some days when it feels like my faith is running pretty thin. And I, I think about um, the story of Peter walking on water a lot. It's one of my favorite stories, actually. And I think motherhood and raising children is a lot like that story, right? Um, you know, you're just, <laughs> you're, you're walking forth into this world. You're trying to keep your head above water. You're trying to remember in the meantime that God's got you, right, if, uh, if you do go under. But it's, it's motherhood and raising kids is a lot like that. And I try to remind myself um, when those days when you just feel the waves kind of coming at you uh, that Jesus is standing there and saying, oh, don't, don't, don't doubt me. You know, I got you in the midst of this. And, and like I said, being a mother is a lot like that. It takes a lot of faith um, at times. And I pray for my girls every day. I pray for their goals, their futures, the situations that they find themselves in. The, the, the things that are important to them, um, you know, the, the things that they're succeeding in, and maybe the, the areas of their life that, that they're just not quite there yet. Some days they exceed our expectations, right? When you're living out answered prayers, those mm. days are awesome, right? You, you just, you get to the end of the day and you're like, whew, that was a good one, God, I saw you there. Uh, those days are exceptional. Um, but there are some days when faith is all you have. You know, those, those days when you can't see the end of an illness or when you, you know, have to stand up for what's right and maybe lose some friends in the meantime. And when you continue to fall short of a goal, those, those situations can be really hard. But those days, I find myself clinging to Jesus, right? 
because I want nothing more than to fix their problems for them, to make it right, but that's not how life works, right? As much faith as it takes for me to mother my kids, I want them to also have that faith that they take out into the world and know that God is there for them in all circumstances. Mm-hmm. Whether it be the days when, when you are achieving your goals and the days when you're falling short. And if I teach my kids nothing else, it's that, right? That God is there for you in every moment and you can't just be thankful when things are going right, you have to also be thankful and grateful for the love of God when things aren't going right. So um, I know that as much as I love them, God will always, always love them more. And God's love never fails. Through these last 17 years, my faith has been stretched, twisted, expanded, you name it. Um, but I'm thankful for a Savior who is right there with us through it all. And for the, the young moms that just had their babies up here, I say this often, um, but I think it's worth repeating. It takes an army. And, and don't, please don't ever think that you can do it all on your own, right? You, you, we have to help each other. We have to love each other. We have to support each other. If you are struggling with something, please ask for help. And, and it's the only way that you're going to get your babies to this stage in life where they're, they're you know, stepping forward. It takes an army to do that. Mm. You know, Shannon, um, thank you, because even this idea of a fox and a chicken, you know, mm-hmm. there, there is really still a spirit of Herod in the world. We can mm-hmm. see it. Um, in the Ukraine, mm-hmm. the, the use of power to damage human life, right? right? And yet, if our children can feel Jesus as the mother hen, right, right bringing them in, right. even when we're chicken, because mm-hmm. a lot of you know, a lot of Christians don't don't tell anybody, but a lot of Christians are scared too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we don't say it out loud because we right. So why don't we say it? Right, out right, loud? right, right. That's right. That's right. That's right. And so. <laughs> But when we can have this image, yeah. right, that we, that God loves us more even than the people who have loved us best, right. Right. That, that is a gift. Can yep. you guys thank Shannon and welcome Taneka. Come on, Taneka. Come on down. You are the next contestant on The Chicken is Right. <laughs> So Taneka, as you know, ministers to us weekly. She opens our hearts to God. You know, we can, her passion, her love for God. How many times you and Nina have sung for us together? (laughs) Oh, yeah. So, you know, you're the mother of Nina. And tell Mm -hmm. us what, how you've been growing in faith, hope, and love for the five or six years of Nina. Six. She'll be seven in July. All right. There you go. Lord have mercy. (laughs) Well, um... So it's a lot. So I'm trying not to over. I probably should have brought my phone up so I can stick to what I said. <laughs> Don't worry. We have a cane. Okay. Yes. Okay. It's, a, it's a lot. That's a loaded question for me, um, being who I am, which that's another story and, <laughs> and my growth. But um, as far as from a single parent standpoint, um, so there's a lot of different hidden pressures that are in, you know, being a single parent. And, um, and then so, especially when you're co-parenting with yourself, 
You know, and so that's like a lot of weight and, and heaviness, and yet you're still trying to make it through life, right, each day because you're looking at your, your child or your kids, and it's like, okay, so I want to give them the world, and I want to make sure that they're good, and I want to, you know, um, you know, shelter them and comfort them and make sure that everything's there. And so I had to start taking a step back from self. Um, I started learning more about myself, that I was more selfish to myself, <laughs> I wasn't selfish to others, right? You ask me for anything and, and need me to do something, I was there, but for myself, I wasn't. And so um, I had to start, you know, when I started from conception on, it was rough pregnancy, you know, life was, you know, life throws a lot of stuff at you, right? And I'm saying stuff. But, <laughs> um, and so, and sometimes it gets overwhelming. And so I had to start seeing, like, I knew who God was. I knew who he is. I saw him work in other people's life, you know, lives, and, you know, I've had my own experiences, but I had to start learning how to live into who God is and the characteristics of him and what the word says he is, and, and I had to, like, take a step back and look at self. Um, and so um, one of the things I, I was, well, that I do, that I was doing previously, I used to have parenting um, sessions, I guess you can say, or whatever, you know, and um, and so I would have, you know, parents, they would come in, and we would just kind of have these discussions about things that's going on in life. And um, and one of the things from some of the single parent standpoints was more of um, I had to start helping them understand about, you know, kind of what you were talking about is, like, your community, who's around you. Um, and we call that social capital. And so it was like, how do you build social capital? How do you, even if you have it, how do you see the social capital? Because I had, you know, I have a community, right? I have my family, and then I have my family that's family, you know, and then I have, you know, the church, and I have, you know, and so I'm in this place, but I had to stop being selfish to me. People would try to help me out with stuff because, you know, they knew I was struggling. I'm like, oh, no, I'm okay, you know, thinking somebody else needs it more than me. And so, and then once I you know, became pregnant, once I had Nina, I started thinking and I started seeing God in a different lens, more through a parenting lens, right? Because I was like, oh man, so this is what it's like, because this is what I'm doing with her. <laughs> and, you know, kind of like I said, you know, I love her so much, I don't think anybody can love her more than me, but then I'm thinking about God, and it was like, yeah, that's kind of what I'm talking about with you. <laughs> you know, that I love you more than you even know, and, and let me do. And so, his doing sometimes was through other people. And, and so uh, it was hard for me. It still is now. Work, I'm a work in progress to even accept <laughs> things from people, um, even though I was struggling, and to be transparent with people, right? Because, you know, people walk around, they look at me, they think, oh, my gosh, she's got it all together. You know, she's really doing it. And I'm like, no, I'm not. But, okay, I'm glad you think that, you know? <laughs> even, you know, like the other day, I was just, I know, I was in the drive-thru. We were at Fazoli's because Nina likes to go there every now and then. And um, we were leaving soccer practice. It was raining. I was like, I'm not cooking. We're just going to go to Fazoli's, get something. And so, and um, I get up to the window, and I'm just talking to the girl that's in the window. She's like, oh, my God, you just got the prettiest smile, and you're the first person that smiled at me all day. And this was, like, 7 o'clock at night. So I'm like, how am I the first person to smile at you? And she said, oh, my God, you just made my day. And, this. and I had the worst day, like, the worst. So, you know, it's like one of those things where you kind of try to be, you know, who you think people want to see. Um, and although that did help me you know, with my day, because I had, I'm telling you, it was 
that's another story for another day, but um, it was parent, single parenting problems when you're co-parenting by yourself. And so, and that's the other thing, you know, it's when you co-parenting by yourself. I had to start seeing God as that other person mm. where he was co-parenting with me, and he is. And so even when it comes to dealing with my child, you know, because she has her things, which they all do, but she's a sweetheart. I'm so glad, you know. <laughs> but, um, but the things that she's challenged with kind of makes me a better person because then I can see how I'm supposed to respond. And then that shows me how God responds to me. And so then I'm like, okay, well, this is what he did for me. So this is what I need to be doing for her. Mm. And so I had to start living my life even through sometimes it's like, okay, Lord, what am I going to do with this one? Because she just, um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, but then he reminds me of myself. Yeah. And he's yeah. like, yeah, remember when you, which he doesn't say, you know, I say that to myself because I think I'm harder on myself than he is. And he's like, I said, let it go, you know. Yeah. And so it's just bottom line, I guess, because like I said, I have, I can talk about this a lot, but, um, it's how to persevere when life is throwing a bunch of stuff at you. And, you know, and sometimes it's intentional with when people throw stuff at you um, and make comments that you don't know. But like I said, there's a lot of hidden pressures with being a single parent mm -hmm. that people don't even, it doesn't dawn on them, you know. And so, um, but being able to persevere through all the crap that comes at you, you know, life and and trying to be the best that you could be for, you know, someone that, or a child or something that God has blessed you with, um, that, that's it. And, and with that being said, you know, relying on the community that God has put yeah, into your sure. life. Because, you know, one thing, and I, this will be my last thing, I think, but um, if somebody told me this, it was a friend of mine, and I was going through some stuff, and um, they came up and tried to bless me with something. And I'm like, oh, you know. No, just, you know, it's all right. You've got your own stuff going on, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, he's like, no, no, you're going to take this. And I'm like, but, you know, you've got to know what you've got going on. And he, he stopped me and he said, look, <laughs> don't block my blessing. God put me here. He told me what to do. And I'm following and doing what he told me to do. Don't block my blessing. Oh, it's really good. And I Taneka. had to say, whoa. Really yeah, and, and the thing that I want to say about you, Taneka, that's so beautiful is that, you know, even you saying you're going to practice paying attention to yourself, which is so good because you're a person, whether it's your work with Michigan Rehabilitative Services and working with, with parents and helping uh, single parents find a way through yeah. the system that yeah. is really holding up some blessings. You are a blessing. And we just want to thank you for your smile, for your voice, for your testimony, for your vulnerability, for your strength in our midst. And we just, we love you. <laughs> love you, we love you, we love you. So we're gonna, I'm going to invite Hannah to switch it up with you. And uh, we're, gonna, we're like going backwards. We've gone from teenage to, you know, to in the middle. And now, where's Miles? Well, you know, you don't have to, but we know Miles is going to be a preacher. It's in the genes. <laughs> so welcome, Hannah, everyone. And Hannah's our, our newest mom yeah. right now. You are, oh, actually, no, you're not. You just got bumped. Yes, yeah, Skylar just had her baby. I don't know if you guys saw Skylar had a baby girl yesterday or wow. something. Okay, yeah. And, uh, but anyway, but you're still in the premier's yeah. seat. Thank you. 
to tell us about what have you been learning about God with this brand new human? Yeah. Um, I resonated a ton with what Tanika and Shannon were sharing, um, felt very ministered to as a new mom. Um, and I think the thing that has been resonating with me is both God's faithfulness, um, and then learning to be faithful myself. Um, Many of you know that in 2019, we lost a pregnancy, and Mother's Day has been really complicated for me the last few years. So God's faithfulness today just feels amazing to have a baby, to be a mother to, um, and I'm sure many people resonate with that. But over the last 10 months, to be able to um, wrestle with God a little bit around, you know, I believe that you're faithful, and you'll be faithful to my baby and to me, and... I know that you were faithful before, and it didn't go how I wanted it to go. And so what does God's faithfulness mean if it doesn't mean that I'm going to get what I want um, or that I'll even get the bare minimum of what I would like? And um, God has just been so gracious in reminding me of his trustworthiness and his faithfulness um, and that the fact that his faithfulness can surprise me means that I still have something to learn about God, and that's the reason to wake up every day. Um, <laughs> that we are all beginners in knowing God, and now I get to be a beginner in being Miles' mom. And that has been beautiful, amazing. I'm like, I've never had this many emotions in my life. <laughs> all at one time. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a lot. And I was talking to AJ about how, like, I think when I feel that much, I just assume I'm overwhelmed and I feel like I need to do things. And I slowed down the other day and realized, like, I just feel gratitude and it's making me stressed because it's such a big emotion. (laughs) And um, I think the pressure that I felt, um, kind of like Shannon was saying, like, I just want to be a good mom. Um, you know, Miles is two weeks old, and I feel bad that I'm not the one changing his diaper every time. <laughs> to speak to Taneka's point of, you know, allowing that community to support you. I think there's this pressure to feel like you can do it yourself, um, and that the moment that they're born, you're going to be an expert. You're going to be the best mom in the world. Just That is so ridiculous, but it <laughs> is exactly what I've been feeling. And we came to church a couple days later. Well, I had this breakdown about it, and I was talking to AJ about how Um, I just need you to tell me, like, I'm sobbing. I need you to tell me when I do something right because I don't feel like I'm a good mom. And he looked at me and was like, what kind of compliment do you want me to give you? Like, what makes a good mom? (laughs) um, And I think I realized in that moment that, you know, I felt this pressure to feed my baby the way I thought I wanted to feed my baby. And I wanted to be the one to be able to do everything for my child. And I don't actually believe that that's what a good mom is. Um, But I felt this pressure to perform it or have other people see that like Taneka was saying in the drive-thru I just want other people to know that I'm a good mom um, and instead when we came to church that weekend we did Scott led us in the spiritual direction exercise around the road to Emmaus and asked you know where has Jesus been present with you and you haven't seen him and Jesus and I were talking about that conversation and um, he you know reminded me that Miles is the image of God and that there has not been an image of God like Miles in the world until April 8th, 2022. And as his mom, the thing that I can do to best love him is to, like, stare at him. <laughs> to just, like, <laughs> absorb his image of God. <laughs> and to remind him of that image of God in him every day. And he, and Jesus also was reminding me that um, as I stare at that image of God in Miles, I'll remember the image of God in me and be able to be that gift to the world. Mm-hmm. That the world doesn't need a bunch of good moms running around. Like, Miles needs Hannah to be his mom. 
mom in the way that God made me in his image to be a mother in the world. Oh my goodness, that is so good. Yeah, just let God stare at you right now. And, um, you know, you're even giving good brain science because those are called mirror neurons. And that when there's an exchange of a loving gaze, there is something really good that happens in the life of another person, whether it's your own child or the person in the drive-thru. And so I just want to thank you. I want to thank you for all the years you've mothered college students. You know, that you, you have been that presence for people who needed those mirror neurons to know that they were beloved, that maybe never had the kind of experience Miles is having now. So you've been mothering for a really, really long time. They just were born old. <laughs> and then Bella, you know, she is in the eternal gaze of God. And, and I just see Jesus in you and in your gaze. And... Um, and we bless you on this first Mother's Day of being able to hold a tiny person. Thank you. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. And then finally, I asked Karen to come up, and um, I want to show you something that uh, Karen is going to tell you about. Just put on your seatbelt. So mothering is not always about us being biological parents. There are women who mother college students, who mother uh, the the person in the drive-thru, who mother people through fundraising, who mother people through some way of letting a person know the mother heart of God, like a mother hen gathers her chicks. And Karen, what happened? Well... You guys, I want you to just know every time you look at a candle or you wear a necklace or you look at a pillow or you warm up in a cozy thrill that you bought, any of the things that you bought through the fair trade market, that little girl right there, our church rescued that precious mother who was an orphan, who had no place to go, and now that little baby is hers. This little baby was just born. And this, you guys are a part of this. It's not just me. I I was telling Claire this morning, Mother's Day is complicated because my mom's been gone for 19 years and my kids live far away. It's a hard day for me. And so, um, you know, you see all the moms and they're with their kids or parents are going places. And for me, it's just, you know, and it was such a sweet thing that Claire said was that, you know, we can be a part of other people, the widow and the orphan and the sojourner. Mercy House Global, I'm an ambassador for, and they support all of those women. They support not just the pregnant women with the, the, with the babies. And um, Dorcas, our, our church sponsored Dorcas. They've spon- you guys sponsored her rescue. She's now our little girl, and this little baby now is our little baby. I wasn't able to tell you her name or the, or the baby's name or sex or any of the details just out of protection for Dorcas and, um, and just the volatile situation that she was in. But right now she's in a safe place. She's, um, her baby's being taken care of. She's being taken care of. She's being educated before she, um, she will be taught a trade. She's only 14 years old. 
girls. She's only 14 years old. I cannot imagine that. And um, she is learning about God and how much God loves her. And just like Hannah was just saying and Shannon and, um, you know, you, you girls and Tanika, how much we learn about God through the way he gives us this child. And, you know, I used to always say, oh, my goodness, my mom never loved me this much. And I think every mother thinks that about their child. There's no way my mom could have loved me this much. But they did. And God loves us even more, as you found out. And right now, this little girl is um, loving this sweet little baby that came to be, that almost maybe wouldn't have come to be in, in a horrific situation that she was in because of you guys. And I know it seems silly for you when you buy something, but it's not silly in the hands of a big God that we serve because he takes our little tiny loaf, our little tiny fish, and he gives us this, gives us the gift of life. And I just want you to know that on Tuesday, um, Mercy House does a thing called She is Priceless. And if you do, and if you think of it, we're all supposed to wear a little heart on our hand. And every time you look at that hand, you think of the good that you are able to do in this world because of God. It's not because of what we do, but it's the, it's, it's the, the little starfish that it mattered to that little girl. What we did, it mattered to her. Mm-hmm. And when you see that little heart, know that nothing is too little mm-hmm. in the hands of a big, big God mm-hmm. because he will give us that. It's a really wonderful way to... Can we just celebrate and thank God for the, these for Dorcas and for this baby and continue to pray your provision and care in ways that only you can do. God, thank you for moving heaven and earth for this child and her child. And we pray uh, that your kingdom come would come through Dorcas in all the days of her life and through her baby. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Karen, so much. Um, I, you know, one of the things that is so powerful to us is that um, sometimes the scripture is right on time. And this week in the lectionary, our weekly psalm that if you use the lectionary, you prayed it every day, is Psalm 131. My heart is not proud. My eyes are not haughty. I do not concern myself with matters too great for me but I have calmed and quieted myself like a weaned child with its mother. Like a weaned child is my soul with me. I put my hope in my God, both now and forevermore. And I'm going to guide you just in this beautiful, this, this psalm before we leave. It's called the Prayer of Quiet Trust. Um, Some call it that. Some call it the prayer of humble trust. And it's about letting God hold us. That the things that concern us, the cares and concerns of this world, that God is holding us. And you can take your elements for communion. If you don't have them yet, they're right on the back table. You can raise your hand and someone will help you. But we want to pray this prayer of quiet trust today. Because friends... I want to tell you, there still is a spirit of Herod in our land. And there is evil that works. And there is the God who says, oh, how I've longed to gather you, like a mother hen gathers her chicks. 
And I don't love the rest of that passage because Jesus says, but you were unwilling. And I pray that that's not true of us today. I know there have been days we've been unwilling, everyone. And then the beautiful thing is, is that God's mercies are new every morning. And on this day, we could be held again. We could actually let God love us in a way that heals us. You might think it's not a big deal, but I'll tell you something. If you begin um, kinds of prayers where you let the gaze of God, where you let God look at you, you just let God look at you. You don't have to do anything for God. You don't have to prove anything to God. You don't have to perform anything for God. Just like Miles. I mean, what has Miles done for you yet? Not the dishes, not run the vacuum, right? He's messed up your hormones. I mean, and yet... This, this loving gaze and realizing even that invitation, I don't know if you realize that you were being invited to Psalm 131. Just stare at him. Here, here is your practice that they're letting God love us in this way. So I want to invite you to open the bread and the wine and even hold it in your hands. This is the the elements of communion which represent the body and blood of Christ, the body, the body of Christ. And Mary, the mother of God, held Jesus from the womb to the tomb. Mary was able to hold the body of Christ and love through all that was amazing and all that was difficult. And I wonder if we could just look at the elements of communion today in a way that we see God holding us because the Bible now says you are the body of Christ. Christ has no body on earth but yours, no hands, no feet on earth but yours. Yours are the eyes which with Christ looks out at the world. In the drive through in the nursery, watching dance routines. And so we hold these elements signifying the body of Christ, signifying those that need to be held today. And maybe even as you're holding the elements, you can bring to mind a person, whether it's yourself or someone else, that needs to know the deep peace of Christ somebody who needs to know that God still heals and cures and casts out evil and covers with feathers. Who needs your prayer right now? Just as you're looking at these elements, let this person come to your mind. And maybe you're holding yourself or allowing yourself to be held by God. And with the psalmist, we say, my heart is not proud. My eyes are not haughty. I do not concern myself with matters that are too great for me. But I still and quiet my soul like a weaned child, like a weaned child with its mother is my soul within me. I put my hope in God for myself, for this person, both now and forevermore.
as Jesus taught us every time we gather. Remember me. I invite you to take the bread and cup.
on your way out, I'm just going to ask you to turn to somebody and just say, may God go with you, or may God's presence go before you, or behind you in case you have a past you don't want to think about, right? All around you, within you, I want you to bless somebody before you leave, and bless somebody you know, and then engage somebody through the drive through and give them the heart of God, give them the kind of gaze that heals. Bless you all.